The season has started and now is a perfect time to judge a few of the players that have transferred clubs coming into this 2022-23 season. And as promised in the last podcast, before I fully confirmed with him, but we bring you <laughs> Rasmus Boysen to speak about uh, the transfers. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, it wouldn't be the start of the season without having you on, Rasmus. And uh, you're actually joining us, I think, probably the earliest recording we've ever done. Uh, <laughs> planning for a quarter past seven in the morning. You're on your way to work, uh, which I guess... As a handball player, you haven't done uh, too early in the past, but here you are driving to Skiran uh, with your new job. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, of course. First of all, I would like to thank you for the kind words in the latest uh, episode of the podcast. It meant a lot to me. Uh, yes, uh, most of you probably know that I have uh, been struggling with a concussion in the past uh, half a year. Uh, been, uh, yeah. Uh, had to, to stop playing handball and now I've got a very nice job in my former club, in my ch- childhood club uh, in Skern. Uh <laughs> I have built a new house in Fredericia and that's uh, one hour away from Skern, so I have to drive uh, early in the morning. Uh, so that's <laughs> something new, but uh, I, I really like the new job. Of course, I would have uh, preferred to, to play some more years, but, but now uh, a new time is coming and uh, yeah, that's great. And it's an exciting time for Skjern, right? Um, started off the season with a big win. Um, also some nice uh, transfers in this summer. So is there quite big ambitions for Skjern coming into this season? Yeah, I think so. Uh, furthermore, we have uh, reached the group phase in the European uh, League and also uh, reached the quarterfinals in the Cup. So uh, until Christmas, we are in uh, three uh, tournaments. That's great for Scan. Uh, some times ago, that we played uh, a group phase in the European uh, 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 tournaments, and that's very important for the club to show uh, some good uh, handball in, in Europe. And yeah, uh, we got two new players, Simon Holland Peterson, uh, a Norwegian uh, national player, and Svenin uh, Johansson, uh, an Icelandic uh, uh, national player. But... Uh, First of all, we, we've uh, managed to keep uh, most of our players. So it's in the beginning of the season, I think it has, uh, has looked very, very good. Um, of course, we know that there are a lot of good teams in the Danish league. <laughs> we'll probably talk about some of the clubs uh, now. But uh, of course, uh, in, in Skyrim, we always want, want to to reach the semi-finals in the Danish league. And the ambitious, ambitions uh, are great. So... Uh, I, I, I'm really optimistic, but uh, we know that there's a lot of big challenges ahead of us. And you have, uh, you mentioned as well when you took on the job with Skiran that you also have the possibility to to continue playing if if your 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 head and your body allows it at at some point. Um, how how are you feeling in that sense? Is it a 
I guess maybe not the top priority for you, but uh, your health, how, how are you feeling now in comparison to uh, the beginning of the summer? It's much better now, uh, but uh, in relation to try to run, to try to uh, get some pulse and everything like that, it's not very good. So that's probably the trigger for me. Uh, every time I try to, to do something active, uh, it's... I get a setback. So mm. at the moment, I'm not uh, very uh, optimistic uh, regarding to uh, play some handball uh, again, but uh, you never know. Hopefully, hopefully things get better for you. Uh, yeah. But your head will always be there to talk about transfers, no matter what. <laughs> that, that's one thing that I'm sure of. Uh, that's so that, true. That's why we got you in here uh, today. Um, at the At the start of the season, We've actually seen some debuts from the players we've, we're going to be talking about, but I've also set you a fairly hard challenge of narrowing down all of the transfers uh, over the summer into a top five. So what we'll do is I've gathered a top five transfers of the summer. Uh, Chris has gathered a top five transfers of the summer. And Rasmus, you've also gathered a top five. And we will try to go through um, these top five transfers one by one. Um, some of them might be the same. Some of them will be different. And then we'll also go into the very niche transfers for that I know um, all of us want to get into as well. <laughs> but um, maybe, you know, I, I don't know, Russ, if, you, if you ranked your, your top five transfers, uh, I don't think I gave you that specific instruction. But uh, your, your fifth most impressive signing of the summer? I think that uh, could be uh, Max Hoxer. Uh, Max Hoxer is Ooh. a Danish, yeah, yeah. He's a Danish uh, right back uh, joining Olbo uh, from uh, Moss 2. Um, he is not that old uh, and he, he has a, a very, very good potential to be one of the best right backs in the world, I guess. Uh, of course, when, when talking about Olbo, a lot of guys would uh, mention Mikkel Hansen as the top transfer of the season. But in my opinion, it's even more, it's even better for the team to get a player like uh, Max Hoxha because he's a very uh, all-round uh, right back who has uh, great skills both defensively and offensively. Uh, he, can, he can play uh, defensively both on the back and in the middle. Uh, that's very, very good for right back. Uh, and uh, offensively, he's both be one of the best right backs uh, in, the, in the world in like, Three or five, uh, three or four years, um, and he has all. He has already shown, uh, I think, in the Super Cup and in some of the matches uh, in the preseason that uh, he's up for the task. He, Mas Hoxer, was actually one of the players that I really wanted to squeeze into my top five. Um, I didn't in the end, but I've also been really, really impressed by him. He was part of that um, Danish underage team in the junior youth world championships that I think got two bronze medals. And um, I think he was very impressive in those championships and yeah. And he outscored Michael Hansen in his debut um, <laughs> for the season. So obviously, obviously the better transfer. <laughs> well, a very exciting talent. It feels like uh, particularly for Alborg this season, um, they, they might have learned a few lessons from last year as well. And, and one of those is having a bit more depth 
in the squad and depth in the backcourt in particular and in that right back position it's it's always handy to have a another very talented player and uh, alongside you know, Lucas Sandel I think they have uh, you know they're they're adding that depth now to make themselves a, a real challenger this year yeah I agree and uh, they also had two great rides last season with Martin Larson but he got a severe injury in his out, yeah. so they had to to do something on the right back. Yeah, and, and it's nice to see a kind of a mix of youth into this squad. So, you know, we've seen these super squads being built up in the past and, you know, you, it's more traditional to have signings in their 30s going in, but to get this kind of mix of youth and experience into Albor, I think is important going forward. So, Chris, maybe you can uh, enlighten us with your... Fifth yeah, most impressive transfer. well, my my fifth most impressive transfer actually is somewhat well staying with Denmark, but someone who's leaving Denmark, and uh, I think this team, their departures may feature in all of our top five lists. Uh, it's Georgi, uh, who uh, have lost Victor Halgrimsson to HBC Nantes, and I've put him in at number five in my top five transfers of the summer. Uh, first of all, because I think he's incredibly talented goalkeeper. Well, not just talented, but already delivering at the highest level. We saw that at the uh, the European Championship back in January for Iceland. We saw it as well with Giorgi the last season. But not just because of the player that he is that I find it impressive, but also because of the player that uh, Nantes are losing in that position as well with Emil Nielsen moving on towards Barca. I was very tempted to have him in my top five, but I've uh, tried to avoid Barca transfers. I think that the three Scandinavian transfers they've made this summer in one package is a very impressive thing, but I haven't put them in my top five. Uh, but I think what Nantes have done to, and what Nantes continue to do, to keep finding players uh, to bring into the, the team when they are themselves a, a target for the, the bigger dogs uh, is very impressive. And I, I think they've done a good bit of business here to bring in Victor Hallgrimson. Absolutely a good good signing for Nantes uh, and a needed uh, replacement. I think Nantes look very impressive uh, going into the season. And we saw them actually beat uh, PSG in the uh, French Super Cup. And so, uh, so impressive business by Nantes. I think, I, I don't know, Hallgrimson has been a little bit up and down um, for me uh, in the champion. He, he has really impressed. He doesn't have the consistency that um, I would like to see from him. I don't know if uh, you saw much of him in the Danish league. Um, yeah, I, I did. I did. I, I totally agree. Uh, he's, he's much up and down. And I think that it's a good point uh, that they have lost uh, Nantes, they lost uh, Emil Nilsson, and now they, I think they have a better duel, maybe. Uh, they have mm. uh, also signed uh, Ivan Pesic, who did a very great uh, job in the in the Super Cup in France, uh, in the France uh, Super Cup, and I think that maybe they have uh, the possibility to uh, to to make uh, some more subs uh, in the in the goalkeeper position, because last season it was like Emil Nilsson or nothing. Uh, all due respect to Robang, but but uh, now they have a better duo, I think. Mm. I think with with Hallgrimson, what you, you're saying there, that with the up and down season, do you think that the goalkeeper pairing had anything to do with that? 
as uh, with Bergerud in there and maybe someone like Pesic is a is a better man to have alongside you because he is after all still only 22. Mm, it's it's difficult to say because uh, when Bergerud got uh, injured in the in the playoffs in Denmark, he actually uh, Victor did a very good job. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. It's it's difficult. Maybe the top level of Bergerud is is higher for me than Pesic, so maybe he could get some more time in hand. So, Alex, who have you got for number five? So you said you didn't have any of the <clears throat> Barca Scandinavians <laughs> in your top five, but I've snuck uh, one of them in, and that is Jonathan Carlsberger. Mm-hmm. Um, on paper, he might be um, the weakest player out of the three Scandinavians in terms of standing in world handball uh, compared to Hampus Vana or Emil Nielsen. But I think what Kasborgar brings to Barcelona is that he fills a quite important gap. Um, because for a while, um, since basically Aaron Palmerson left, they haven't had a multi-dimensional left back. So they've had, you know, someone like Timothy and Gaston there, who's just, you know, a random rocket. He, he goes in there. Langaro hasn't quite been good enough. They've had to play Sindrich in that left-back position. But with Carlsbergor, they're getting a very good shooter uh, from nine metres. They're getting a playmaker at that left-back position because uh, that's probably quite an underrated uh, part of their game. And they're also getting a very, very, very good central defender to also replace Ali Zane, who moved on to... um, uh, Bucharest, uh, Dinamo Bucharest this summer. So he fills a lot of Barcelona's needs for the coming season. And, you know, they're already a fantastic team. And I think he just complements um, the existing squad really, really well. I totally agree. I actually talked about uh, Carlos Bogor in another podcast, in the Danish podcast. Uh, and I think when talking about him, uh, a lot of uh, fans from Barca and so on, they they don't think that it's a top trend for, for Barca, but I think that it's perfect for them to get a player like Kaspogol who can contrib- contribute in, in different ways. And uh, also with the new rule, with the fast uh, center, uh, uh, he can he can run a lot uh, together with DKMM. I think that they can play very fast with him. Uh, and like he, he has uh, a lot of great uh, possibilities to contribute. I knew the two of you would be such big fans of Jonathan Carlsberg-Gord, which is why I didn't put him in my top five. Originally, I had him in at number three on my list, <laughs> but then I was like, you guys are just going to talk about him anyway, because uh, I know you're both big fans. So <laughs> I decided to drop him out. But yeah, really, uh, as you two said, I mean, he, he, he fills a need for this team, which has very few needs, I would say. And uh, yeah, he's only going to make them better. So, uh, we lost Rasmus as he got into some kind of vortex in Skjern as the uh, the internet connection disappeared. And we were recording at around half past seven at the time. It is in the now morning. in the morning. It is now uh, just past nine o'clock in the evening. And I must say, if uh, if you hear a difference, particularly in my voice, 
I think in all of our voices, but particularly my voice, because that was just after I'd woken up. Now <laughs> I've just pulled myself away from a flyering pub crawl is the only way I can call it with a bunch of artists around the city of Gothenburg and a couple of pints in. So uh, maybe my voice is slightly different, a bit more jolly than I was at 7.30 this morning, but uh, but we'll take it away with Alex and his fourth choice in the top five transfers. I was actually just about to throw it to Rasmus uh, at the time. So uh, maybe I'll just throw it over there and ask Rasmus, what was your fourth choice in the top transfers? My fourth choice is actually maybe a surprise for a lot of guys because it's Oscar Berndale who joined the Stuttgart from uh, GOG. And for me, it's like it's value for money. If Stuttgart uh, had waited uh, two or three months after the championship, uh, championship, I think that uh, they would not have had a chance to sign a player like Berndé because he got his international breakthrough at the championship, uh, was on the all-star team and everything like that. Uh, all respect to Stuttgart, but I think if, if he had waited, uh, he could he could maybe have, have joined a, a bigger club in Germany or maybe in France. So uh, I, I know that Stuttgart has great ambitions and they have a great team, but but I think Oscar Berndel has, has showed that he's... Uh, especially defensively, uh, is one of the best uh, players in Europe. So uh, for me, I think it's a very, very good signing for Stuttgart. Mm. And how big of an impact do you think will he have for Stuttgart? Um, do you think he, he'll kind of drastically change their ambition for the year? Hmm. Is he good yeah. enough to do that? Yeah, I don't know because, uh, of course, it's... A, Totally different uh, league. Uh, he's been used to to Denmark also to international matches, of course, but still it's something else in in the Bundesliga. And I think we we'll, we see uh, a lot of times that very very good players join the Bundesliga and they need uh, maybe half a year or something like that to to get used to uh, the boss and get used to the uh, hard and physical uh, uh, game uh, 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 playing style. And, and and I think that Oscar Bernal also need that. So of course it's. It's it's difficult to to see Stuttgart go up uh, for the European spots and something like that. But I think uh, when he gets some time, I think uh, the impact would be very very big. Yeah, and it's exactly what you said. It's the value for money and, mm. and their timing in this because it was. I remember the European Championship in January. It was a lot of like, oh, this guy is a real breakthrough. Sweden had this problem position at the beginning of the championship mm. in the line and the center block. And then all of a sudden he came in and he was fantastic. And I think for me, that game against Norway, which was kind of like a a quarterfinal, was a real standout game to show that he really did belong at that level. And then people were wondering, okay, this guy is going to be signed by a a big club next season. But no, no, he's already (laughs) gone. He's going to Stuttgart (laughs) next season. And uh, I think that's a really, really good choice. And one one of my uh, kind of outside picks as well. But I didn't want to have three players leaving Gyogi to be in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was your fourth pick then, Chris? It was uh, mostly, the reason behind this is mostly so I can hear Rasmus talk about him, Yahia Eldara, because you, <laughs> he's a former teammate of yours, right, Rasmus? That's true, yeah. Yeah, uh, and he uh, he's moved from Zamalek to Vesprem, and he is a player who, I mean, he he's just been really... I mean, you spoke. Are you going to keep keep him as your number four, Alex? For the no, 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 no. You no, continue with him. Yours? Okay, he's <laughs> a player who um, 
he's a player in the last couple of years with Egypt's not emergence, but kind of stepping up to the top level of world handball has been uh, really on everybody's lips. And it was a, a matter of when and not if he moved back to Europe. And I'm really interested to hear from you, Rasmus, about his first experience being in Europe because he's moved to Vesprem now and, and joined Yahia Omar uh, in this incredible team. Whether he's the, the man alone who's going to bring them to the next level it's hard to say, time will tell, but they seem to have made some smart signings this summer and he's one that stands out for me. But uh, what was your experience of, of playing alongside him? Yeah, it's a long, long story. Uh, Yaya, as we called him in uh, in Ribesbier, is a very, very good guy. He's a very good friend of mine. Uh, we lived uh, almost uh, next to each other. It was his first experience in, in Europe and it's also his first experience away from his uh, dad and mom. So, of course, it was something totally new for him. It, it was another culture and he had some problems with his, his shoulder at the time, but we, we could see uh, yeah, in the beginning that this guy was something special. His physics is insane and he has uh, a, an amazing shot uh, and he's very, very dedicated. And as you said, uh, he, he was sure and he wanted to stay in Europe, but there was some rules regarding uh, the state in Egypt, uh, a long story, but he had to, to go home after only one year. And that was very sad, I think, but uh, the potential was there uh, yeah, all the time. He had some amazing matches. I remember a match against uh, Georgi, uh, when he where he did everything what he wanted and scored <laughs> 10 goals. And But, but it was a, a difficult time for him uh, in Europe. I think that he had he has learned a lot from it. It was maybe not the best club to come to. It was a pretty chaotic uh, time in, in Ribesberg at the time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think he has learned a lot from it. And uh, he has really, really developed uh, it, both on the Samalik team and, of course, for the for the national team. And he has shown that, that he has done great. Um, I'm very, very curious how it will be for him in... In West Bram, it's a huge club with great ambitions. Uh, I think it's it's great for him that uh, there's already an Egyptian player, uh, but he's, uh, his English is uh, brilliant and he has been in an international school in Cairo. So, uh, yeah, I think he's pretty European in his mentality. So I think it will be very uh, easy for him to be integrated in the West Bram team. Nice. <clears throat> Yeah, because I think that was a worry. Um, I, I didn't know exactly the reason why he only stayed for sh such a short period before. Um, but I think from my side, it was a worry, you know, how easily he would settle. Um, and also going from yeah from Egypt to Veshprem, which is, you know, Hungary, and it's also quite a small town. Okay, it's close to Budapest, but it's it's a really different uh, way of life. Obviously, having a Omar is going to help um but yeah I, I still think the jury's out how quickly he's going to settle into european handball um but i i did um have him on the edge of my top five as well so uh, uh i think it, it's gonna be exciting and he does fill a position indeed i think um for Vestron from my side my number four is actually, it was a pick between two former Meshkov Brest players. Um, obviously, Meshkov Brest, a team that has lost a few of their stars due to their inability to play in the Champions League. Um, and two of those stars are 
Nikita Valipau and Staskuba. So Valipau is the person I left out. I think he's an absolute goal machine, but um, Veshrem do, do have um, Margooch on that right wing who has just been fantastic for them over the last couple of seasons. So due to that, I included Staskuba because this is an absolutely wonderful signing for Montpellier. And um, really, you know, he can kind of, he can run that team. Um, and if he's given the keys, I don't think we saw the best of Staskuba in the last season with Meshkov Brest. It seemed like he was ready to go. Then, of course, we had this weird merry-go-round with uh, him initially signing for Kielsa uh, and then being bought out uh, by Montpellier. That's a very classic Berta Servas trick to get a, a few quick bucks, maybe. Um <laughs> Um, and, and of course, within all of that, there, it, yeah, I, I don't want to speculate, but around the same time when Staskuba went from uh, Meshkov Brest to Kielsa to Montpellier, there was the very strong rumors that Luke Steins would sign for Kielsa. And I do wonder if our good friend uh, Bertus Servas thought that, okay, we got Staskuba, but, you know, We've got another smaller and better playmaker on the way. So let's get rid of him. Um, but I think huge for Montpellier. Um, we've seen that if you give a team to Staskuba, he can really make them motor. So I'm really excited to see what he can do with that Montpellier team. Uh, yeah, I agree that Staskuba is an amazing player. But I think that the price tag and value for money for me uh, made it clear that he could not be in my top five. But, but totally agree. I think that he will have a big impact in, in the Montpellier team. I think that already last season we saw a Montpellier team playing playing very fast and, and great in modern uh, handball. And I think that Staskuba will fit very good uh, into that. Um, Diego Simonet and Willy Monet uh, play that type of, of handball just like Staskuba. So I think that the type is, is very good. Him, but but uh, as I said, uh, the price tag and maybe also the age of Staskuba made it clear to me that yeah, I don't think he'll fit in my top five. Mm. It's interesting because usually usually Montpellier are so smart in the way they do business as well. Like they they focus a lot on on young players and and raising them up, and and then the odd odd international player coming in. But uh, that doesn't really fit with that. I think maybe I don't know. There was it was just too tempting for them, and they decided to splash the cash. I think they were just worried because they, they weren't good last year um, at Montpellier. And I think yeah. they just needed uh, to make a statement signing. And there was the worry about, about Simone leaving as well, right? Yeah. There was the, yeah, yeah. There was the maybe playing in the mind. But yeah, yeah so. and, and, now, and now they sold the Valenius to, uh, to Kiel. So now they got the money from him. So I think that in the end, it's maybe even. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think Valinius was actually a, a really good uh, signing for Kiel. Um, I was very impressed by him uh, last season in his limited time with that he got on the court uh, for Montpellier. But 
Well, uh, last week he had very limited time in the Super Cup with, uh, with Peel. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> he comes on and gets a red card. I was straight away. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what didn't yeah. he get one of our random rocket uh, awards? I think he's oh, just a very he uh, he he's just a wild player for now. I think he needs to control that uh, wildness. I like, um, I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. <laughs> so who have you got at number three then, Rasmus? Uh, that's also a West Brom player. I think that Dragan Tishmalbek will have a great impact in in West Brom. Uh, as you said before, Chris, I think they have uh, done some great signings, and he's for me the best. Uh, I think that he's probably a little bit underrated. Uh, he has great skills both offensively and defensively, and uh, he has already shown also for West Brom also in this year. We find for that, uh, yeah, he's a great player. I think Nand will really miss him this season. Um, yeah, just a great player. Yeah, I, I just love the way he manages to hold on to every single ball that comes his way. He's got hands like very few other line players. For such a a big guy, he's got a lot of he's got really good feel for the ball and uh, and a real fighter as well. I like him. And th- this is a weird one because, uh, from my perspective, because fit is probably and the team's need is how I shaped my um, view on things. And you know, Vestrom didn't necessarily need an extra line player. They they have three already. One of them a defensive a defensive specialist in Adrian Chipos. One of them an offensive specialist in Andy Nielsen and. Blaj Blagacintek uh, being the two-way force there, but in the final four last year, we saw that you know when Blaj got his uh, red card, Bertram really had no other options because um, they required to do way too many defensive substitution to accommodate Andy Nielsen, and then Adrian Shipash was just not good enough in attack. So I think uh, Pexanbek may not be as good of a defender as Blagatinchek, but I think he is a better attacker as well. So it gives him another dimension within those line players. Um, and it could be quite an uh, exciting opportunity for him. Yeah, and for me, it's look, it looks like that Momielic uh, don't have a big role for, uh, for Blagatinchek. It seems like in the first matches of the season that yeah, he's playing uh, a very little role. So let's see. I think that uh, maybe Momilic wants uh, Pishmalbek to yeah take that role uh, to to have a player who has great skills both uh, defensively and offensively. It's because he turned Serbian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the that's the point. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Your so top I- three. Uh, number three. Oh, I'm actually, number three. I'm, I'm gonna go actually with a with a Serbian, uh, maybe a little more Serbian than Dragan. Uh, Lazar Kukic, I've given number three to, and uh, moving from Benfica to Dinamo Bucharest, and I really like the summer signings of Dinamo Bucharest. The players they've brought in, like Stanislav Kasparek, Vjakoslav Bohan, one of your favorites, Alex from uh, the Zappers, Ali Zain as well from Barca. And Kukic, who I, I think is just a phenomenal player. Like I've really, ever since January in the European Championship, paid like paid a lot more attention to him because he he just ran that that Serbian team who had so many difficulties at the European Championship. Even though they were, they only lasted three games, I was really really impressed with the way he played, and he definitely deserves to be at the the Champions League level. 
and I'm excited to see what he does with uh, with Dinamo because I think yeah they've 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 matured definitely as a a, a team and the players they've brought in over the last uh, few months in the summer. Lazar Kukic was also a player that I've uh, looked at. I, he didn't make it to to the top five for me, but it's the same as uh, Bochan. I think that Dinamo Bucharest has made some very very good signings. I think that Lazar Kukic showed both for Serbia in the national team and also for Benfica. That yeah, he's a modern playmaker who really uh, is a, a good uh, player who can create the speed, uh, and that's just. In the in the new with the new uh, role uh, change of rules and everything like that, we'll see more speed in in handball. It's more and more important, and Lazar Kukic, uh, yeah, has that. Yeah, and it seems like this Dinamo Bucharest team is going to be an actual force this year. They really have uh, a strong squad, uh, as as good as any of the top teams, um, and a coach who we know is an absolute uh, master in the Champions League. So. Um, going to be exciting to see them uh, this season. So my number three, and this is probably a stage where some of our picks start to converge. Uh, uh, and I think uh, I would be surprised if all three of us didn't have this player. And that is Nadim Remeli going to Kielsa. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's my, my num- number... He's my number two. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he, not a, he's not on my list. Oh, oh not on the list. So he, he's my number three. Um, I think he goes in. Um, he's just a top player. We, we've seen him really grow into uh, a leader with France and PSG. And he's one of those players that I think he also signed two years ago that you, you, you forget a little bit that it's a signing for this season. Um, and he's faced a little bit of injury uh, in the preseason, so we haven't seen him in action too much yet. But he is there, uh, again, for two reasons. I think the centre-backs of Kielsa, I'm still not fully comfortable with. You know, they, they have two, well, three youngsters in Thrasterson, uh, Daniel Dushabayev and Elenicek. You know, there's a lot of potential there, but it's just not certain there. And then, then they have Karacic on the other side, where you know we we all know who Karacic is, but um, at this stage in his career, I don't think he has the heights. Um, he can reach the heights that he reached with Vardar before. So there, there's a bit of lack in that centre back position, which Nedim Remeli can give a different dimension to, and of course he can be. Just that, it, you know, we're used to left backs and centre backs switching all the time, but that's just completely rare on the right side. And I think that's what something that Kielsa can have this year with Alex Dushabayev and Remeli having that really dynamic backcourt. So uh, that'll be really interesting to observe. And he's just he's just a fantastic player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that, that centre right back. Uh, combination really fascinates me as well. I think that's going to be, as you said, it's going to bring a, a new look to it. I mean, we've seen both players play in the center before, but now they have someone beside them who is at that level. And I really liked, I think it was it was uh, Alex Ishbayev himself said, like, when when they signed Remily or when they were talking about sign, signing Remily, no, it was Bertos who said it to us. It was Bertos told us, yeah. He was saying, like, you know, the, the signing of Remily was like, this is a real statement. Okay, we want to win. 
this competition. And Alex wanted someone like him to be there as another left-hander. So, uh, yeah, everything you said besides that, I, I agree with. I'm really interested as to, <laughs> to why Rasmus uh, couldn't find a spot for him in the top five. Yeah, uh, and I, I totally agree. Uh, Nathan Remeli is a world-class player, that, <laughs> that's for sure. But I think that uh, Kielse has uh, that many players that it's difficult for me to see that uh, the impact is uh, as big as for uh, for my other choice. So that's the reason why uh, if, if uh, Nizhny Remeli gets uh, injured or uh, not perform as we think he will, uh, they just have another player who can who can do maybe <laughs> as good as that. So that's the reason why I didn't take him. So who? Well, I don't know about three? that. So no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced. But uh, <laughs> I mean, there's, let, there's let me see. Spots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but uh, who was your number two? Or number three? Number three no, no, you're number Rasmus. three then, yeah. Rasmus. Yeah. I, I already uh, took my number three. That was okay. uh, Dragan Pekmalbech. But my, yes, I can, sure. I, I can take my number two. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Johansson, uh, who signed with with Tehavi Kiel. Uh, I think already he has shown uh, his potential also for the Swedish national team, but also in the first couple of matches for for Kiel. I think when. He got the severe injury for Sander Sargosen. It was a very, very good signing for them to to get Erik Johansson already now. And uh, yeah, he's just <laughs> a potential uh, world-class uh, right back, uh, left back, of course. <laughs> uh, so I think that he's a leader. He showed that in in, in uh, Ilwom, and now he already shown it in, in Kiel. I think the impact for him will be very, very big this season. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great signing for them. Also for, also for the future, of course. Yeah, I think there's, uh, yeah, they, they've really leaned in um, on the youth on that left back position uh, with Johansson and uh, Valenius. And I think one of them is going to be a, a star at least. And I, I always remember that photo of uh, Eric Johansson after the match against, um, it was a Champions League match where they got a big win against the big team. But it, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. Was it uh, Zeged away? Was it Zeged away for when he was playing for Elverham? And he, I think he scored uh, like nine goals in that game. But the picture was him sitting in the dressing room with ice packs on both knees, <laughs> an ice pack on his shoulder and a head bandage around his head. And this is what it takes uh, to be a top handball player. So I've, I've full confidence that he has no fear to become an absolute star. It's just a really interesting approach from Kiel this season. I spoke to Merle Schach a little bit about it before the uh, the Super Cup last week when I was doing the commentary on that. And she was saying, don't be surprised when you see Nikola Bilic starting in the center because there's a whole new approach that Kiel have been working on in the lead up to this season and, and before this season, but they were going to implement now. Uh, and whereas only two players in the backcourt were going to have set roles as like specialists in their position as Mihas Arbets in the center and Harold Reinkind in the right back position. Every other player in that team in the backcourt have to be ready to play left center, right back, wherever you're needed at a given time. And, uh, it, you know, you could look at it without knowing that information. You could look at the signings of Johansson and Valenius and think, okay, Billick has just been thrown away in the, on the, on the side here. or They just don't trust them anymore, but it's actually the complete opposite. And it, it, it looks now that, as you said, they're investing so much in that left-hand side in those two uh, to be able to 
to lead the team in those positions because the likes of Bilic and Dovniak will be be doing a lot more in other positions. So uh, yeah, I'm really. I mean, he's completely fearless. We saw that in the Super Cup as well, playing against Magdeburg. He just he's happy to take half a step and shoot every time, and that's uh, that's a good attribute to have when you have an arm like his. And uh, as long as he doesn't overdo it, uh, I think he'll be just fine. Number two is pretty high, though, uh, <laughs> Rasmus. So that's that's pretty high. <laughs> yeah, it's, and that's fair, I think. <laughs> so I I had Remeli as number two. We spoke about him already. So who is yours, Alex? My number two is probably the player that both of you have as number one. Ah. I believe, which means that both of you have left out my number one out of your top five. I'm going to guess here, but my number two is Matthias Giesel. And I put him number ding, ding, number ding. two. <laughs> uh, I presume there's two number ones that match that. For me, yes. True that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go on then. Tell us why we picked him at number one, Alex. <laughs> or maybe more importantly, why he's number two for you. Uh, no, I'll, I'll let you. Both, both of you picked him as number one. So, so why was you know why was he your number one? And Rasmus. Yeah, for me it's pretty obvious. Uh, he's a player that every club in the world wanted to to add, and then Fuchs Berlin, who is of course a great. A big club in uh, in the Bundesliga, but not as the greatest uh, club, and won't play in the in the Champions League next season. Uh, they had uh, convinced him him to come to the German capital, and I think that for, for them it's like the same as you said with with Nedim Remeli in in uh, in the Champions League for Kielce that it's the it is the statement that they want to to win the the Bundesliga, maybe not this season, but in the future. And I think that Matthias Kiesel is. It's a great signing in in order to do that in the future. We heard from Stefan Kretschmar when he was on the podcast during the Euro about like the journey of getting him, which was really interesting in itself. But Fuchs of Berlin in their their summer signings, they've been pretty like careful as well. So it's not like they're they're doing any big overhaul. Like the players they brought in, Max Starr is well on the line, who I think is fantastic, and Viktor Kiriev in goal alongside Giesel. It's like they're they're just implementing you know, the missing pieces into the squad that they believe is is just about ready to go. And, uh, you know, we, we spoke about him so much in the last year, like as our player of the year last year <laughs> and the big arguments around that. And maybe that's why he's not your number. Uh, he's not your number one, Alex. It's just like a residual <laughs> feeling on that. But um, I, for me, the the only question mark I have is is whether like, his body will deal with the Bundesliga um, and I'm sure he'll be fine, but he's got a, he's come back pretty quickly after that injury back in January, like playing in the Danish uh, league finals. I'm sure they, they have something in mind to keep him looked after a while, particularly after what happened in the first league game where he got absolutely uh, molested by, <laughs> with two red cards uh, against players and fouls with him, so they have to take care of him and they have to to help him grow up a little bit in in terms of physicality. But uh, what a player! What a signing for them! It's uh, it had to be my number one. I talked to him after that match, and he he, yeah. wrote, he wrote to me that he thinks that his career in Germany will be very very short after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, yeah that's that's some start. 
Okay, so I'll give you the reason why he's not my number one. Uh, but I, I fully agree with, with both of you. Uh, it's an incredible signing. Uh, it's a huge surprise, I think, that Fixer Berlin got him. But we, we spoke to uh, Stefan Kretschmeier, who gave us the, the lowdown on, on how he managed to bring himself into the um, prime position for the Matthias Gissel sweepstakes uh, at the time. <laughs> but for me... It's it's more about excitement for me because I kind of just know that Matthias Gisel will be very good, and I know, and he has a bit of time to do it because the the expectation I I feel like he's just exceeded expectations so much at such an early age that he has time. If he's not very good this season, I'd, no one's worried. You know, I he's going to be good, but if he has just a, an average season and he doesn't kind of light up the Bundesliga I don't think I'll be worried for me there's a lot more on the line with Mikkel Hansen going to Albor I, I think it, it's just it's something that I, I'm excited to see and that's why he's my number one you're going for the the drama I'm uh, going for the, for the drama, drama outlook yeah. on this one <laughs> you know that the, the prince returns to Denmark he, after 10 years so he can get a good tax break. And, uh, <laughs> and his, he co- he's coming back from a life-threatening injury, uh, sorry, illness. And it's, it's really amazing to see him already playing uh, matches uh, to start off the season. So uh, I'm really happy that um, that got resolved um, relatively quickly and hopefully it, it will be all good into the future. And just thinking about it, Mikkel Hansen, he's never played in the Bundesliga and he's also never won the Champions League. And that is just, you know, for one of the greatest players of all time, there's so much legacy on the line of him going to Albor with this stack team that's ready to just win that Champions League. And I think... I think there's something in him that that will, you know, wants to get over that last hurdle um, before all is said and done. And I'm just excited to see just how hungry he is with this new team. Uh, before Erasmus gives his uh, insight here, how, just how happy you said how happy you were to see him playing uh, in in league games already. Just how happy was the scare and media and marketing department to see him playing games again already? <laughs> <laughs> very happy, very happy. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, that's not a secret. Of course, we we, we play against him <laughs> very soon in Boston in Herning. So uh, yeah, I think that will be great. Yeah, but but of course, he's a great signing also uh, for for the project in in Oldborg. Of course, the ambition is to, to win the Champions League in the future, and when you have been in the final, you have to to believe in that. And I think that. The signing of Mikkel Hansen has also been uh, made the club even more attractive to other players. Of course, also now with Niklas Sandin and Simon Hell in the future who will join the project. Uh, yeah, it's it's just good for for the pro- project and it's very good for Danish handball. Uh, but on the court, I don't think that uh, my uh, my hope is, of course, that he will do great also for Denmark. But I don't think that he will in this season uh, make a huge impact. Uh, I think Albo has a lot of great players, and uh, as Alex said, he he has uh, had some injury, has some illness. Uh, he needs time also to uh, 
to to play in Danish handball, it's something else than in in Paris and France. Uh, but of course, he's <laughs> greatest, I, I for sure he's the greatest player in player in, in Danish history. Uh, so the expectations is is very high. But uh, yeah, we'll see. How much time has he got? Uh, God, uh, <laughs> to deliver. You <laughs> said you know he'll need some time, but uh, you know he's yes. not not a spring chicken either. Yeah, but but the fact is that I think that many uh, they missed the point that the Danish league is so so strong. We also talked about when Olbo signed uh, Arn Palmerson that no one could beat Olbo, and that was not the fact. Uh, Arn Palmerson had uh, some problems, uh, and he had said it himself that he had a. A difficult first season also with injuries and everything like that. And I could fear for Mikkel Hansen that it would be something uh, the same for him this season. Uh, so we'll see. But but of course, you already shown that, yeah, also that he's an experienced player who can help his teammates. Uh, yeah, Olbo, they, they played with very few backup players in the end of last season and they look very tired. Now they have a deeper squad. I think that it will be good for, for them in the, in the end of the season this season. Uh, before we leave it, shall we mention any players who didn't make our top fives but uh, are worthy of a mention, Alex? I, I think two, there's two players, well, at least two players or two types of players I want you to mention. So one is a, a player who hasn't made their top five but you think is going to exceed expectation. Mm. And uh, another group of players you can mention is a player who has come in as a big signing and is going to perform <laughs> under the expectation. And you can't say Vuko Borazan, who between the time of recording this morning and the time of recording this second half, we realized has had his contract cancelled with Zagreb for coming in fat is uh, i believe that that is the um not not <laughs> so so uh funny enough i was going to mention him as a player i, I had him close to my top five <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um but, so um vuko borzan is not going to be a player who's going to underperform he's already done that um Okay. So we can start with uh, with some of the players who you think are going to overperform. Uh, any any thoughts on that, Rasmus? Hmm, difficult question. I think that uh, Halil Yaganyak uh, in Leuven will have a great impact. I think that they already shown uh, in the first Bundesliga match against Melsungen that uh, they could have a, a great season uh, this season. And it's looked it looked like uh, he already has been integrated very well in the in the new uh, Leuven uh, team with Hinze as coach and they look very strong defensively and I think that he's shown last season in the European League that yeah he's a great player who can who can defend very well and also offensively have some power I think some power that they need uh, Leuven and that that could be a very good fit also in the Bundesliga with this uh, kind of power I think that he's a great player. Mm. Absolutely. Any any thoughts, Chris? Uh, for me, two players stand out. One is uh, Nicola Portner, because I think he's already uh, gone above expectations for the first two <laughs> games of the year for Magdeburg. He's gone straight in as the number one goalkeeper and uh, in both games looked really good, particularly in the Bundesliga game where he was batting away balls like nobody's business. Um, it's a different test for him. Uh, he's a player I think that people have been waiting for to like hit top level. And this could be the perfect move for him. And uh, Joltan Gita, 
from Płock to Seged, I think is a really interesting one as well. He's a player who uh, has been like I think on a lot of people's radars for a while, and uh, Seged could be the perfect team for him to to show what he's made of at the top level. Mm. From my side, I think uh, Dominic Mate is a player that is he doesn't quite reach that top five um but he has the talent to be a top five signing of the summer and i think he he's coming back from an injury so i think that has um dampened some of the excitement but him going to psg and actually being a real marquee signing he is the remilly replacement it's it's a really big um signing for them and he has huge talent we just have to see if he can kind of come out from that injury uh, and continue improving um and then yeah another player for me is um jorge makeda who could be very crucial for nantes again he was very close to my top five um i don't think we've seen the best of makeda over the last while and in veshprem but you know taking on a bigger role in Nantes, I, I think will be very good for him. Now to the more it's exciting good, part. It's a, it's a good place for, uh, <laughs> Nantes is a good place for aging right backs. So no reason yeah. that, that can't be the same. <laughs> but now to the more exciting part and a player who's going to underperform uh, as a big signing that's coming. Um, any thoughts? That's difficult because I haven't prepared that. You guys can stop. I'll give you. I'll give you some time to think, Rasmus. Um, yeah. A player. Uh, this could go two ways, but I think it'll go downwards for him. Um, uh, a signing on paper, which I think is really exciting, but just won't work out mostly because of the club he's going to. Adenis Malasinskas from uh, Leon to Melsungen. I, that that screams like a disaster. To me, I, I, he's 36 years old. He he's done. He's done all he needs to do to prove himself, and now he's going where the money is. Fair play to him, but I could just see him disappearing into a black hole and uh, end up playing for the second team in the third Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from he. Uh- Another Melsungen player. (laughs) 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 Surprise, surprise. And that is uh, Augustin Casado, who I think is a very talented player. um, And he's he's kind of rising up and kind of getting into that Spain team. And but I just don't think the Bundesliga is right where he needs to be at this time. Um, I d- I don't not sure if his um, physicality is enough for the Bundesliga if he's ready to play at such a high level. And I can see him getting a bit lost in this Melsungen team, which also has just a bunch of left backs. Um, yeah, it yeah. could be risk and it could be a pity. But of course, he he was a player that was originally supposed to go to Meshkov Brest and had to find a solution and that was Melsingen. Yeah, I agree. And also the fact that these kind of one-year contracts when uh, he, he will join uh, West Bram in 2000, uh, yeah, the, the, the year after, I think these one-year contracts, they, they are not so good. Uh, you need time to integrate and after a year, you have to go to another club that's just a, not a good fit. Uh, I've, I, thought of, I thought about a player who who Chris Riley already mentioned, uh, uh, Stanislav uh, Kasparek. Uh, I don't see him on the top level uh, 
with the great ambitions in Dinamo Bucharesti, I I don't see him as a first pick on the right back. I, I had great expectations after the Euros in uh, 2018. I think it was, and he played great for Czech Republic, but. But now it seems like in Seged he couldn't fit in, in Miskov West. I, I know it was difficult um, due to many effects, uh, factors, but uh, but I, I don't see him as a top top player. That's fair. I think he's a name. He's a name that sounds sounds interesting. But when I think of it, I'm not sure I've actually seen him play in the last four years. He's, <laughs> he's always injured when, I'm, <laughs> when uh, or just not in the team. But yeah, um, that's a that's a fair one. Uh, any other Melsungen players you want to bring up there, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm excited for Melsungen and I'm also excited that they lost by 13 goals in their first game. But I, I, <laughs> no, let's not let's not dig in on Melsungen. I, I have, uh, we'll, say, we'll save I have that for the hopes. Bundesliga. We'll save that for the Bundesliga chat in a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. All right, uh, should we leave it there? I think so. I yeah. think so. I'm sure we we would discuss maybe another 10, 20 players if, if you let the three of us do it. But uh, I, I think uh, we've covered all the big signings um, and I'm pretty excited for uh, for a pretty exciting season. Yes. Good stuff, Rasmus. Thanks a lot for joining us both early in the morning <laughs> yeah. and late at night. Uh, we'll have you on again soon, I hope. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you to Rasmus. Really fun chat to, to get the season started with some of the top transfers. The leagues have started. The Seha League happened. But I mean, the, if a tree falls in the wood, woods and nobody's there to hear it, does it even fall or did it even happen? That's what I'm wondering about the uh, the Seha League at the moment. But uh, well, maybe we can talk about that when the new season starts uh, at some point as well. But for now, thank you to Rasmus Boysen. Thank you, Alex Goulash. Thank you, Chris. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye.